What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, hosted by your two favorite youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, ready for episode 26. And before we dive into the importance of longevity in ministry... Wow, I'd, giving away the title right away. Dude, we're jumping right into it. I didn't even ask you how you were doing. Derek, no, you didn't. Derek, Derek how are you doing you today? you say what's up and you ask me how I'm doing. But What's up, Derek? How you doing? I'm doing great, Kyle. Oh, Thank you good. Glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Derek, uh, today's quick question. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer it first because I'm selfish. Uh, we know. We all know. <laughs> Everyone who listens to this knows. That's fair. Uh, how long have you been a youth pastor and do you see yourself as a youth pastor moving forward? This is a question that I think pretty much every youth pastor has been asked. Yeah. Uh, and part of the What's reason, next? part of the reason, yeah, right. What are you going to do after this? Uh, because a lot of people see youth ministry, uh, the, you know, they, they purely see it as a stepping stone uh, to being a senior pastor. And uh, you know, there's a, I think there's a lot of good reason behind that. Uh, first of all, if, if you want to be a senior pastor someday, fresh out of college, that yeah. the odds of that happening are, are a little bit lower. Slim. Uh, and so you have to start somewhere and, and it's not that youth ministry is the stepping stone on the, on the corporate ladder of, of the church world, but as a youth pastor, you are involved in everything in your youth ministry. You oversee the worship, you oversee the preaching, you oversee the discipleship, the small groups. Everything is underneath you as a youth pastor, and so it's kind of like a mini church within a church. And so that's why you know you you see a lot of senior pastors that come out of youth ministry. It's it does work really well as as a uh, as a path for some people, and there are others where. Youth ministry is what they're called to their entire lives. Uh, and so for me, I got to say, I don't know. Um, Wait, how, long <laughs> ask, have, how long have you been a youth pastor? Ask Jesus. Uh, I've been a youth pastor for five and a half years. Okay. And, uh, you know, longevity has always been something that's been important to me. Uh, when I was, a, I grew up in church, I grew up going to a youth ministry and our youth ministry had five youth pastors in my seven years of middle school and high school. And so there was a really, really healthy amount of turnover. I'd say. And uh, I, I've always said, like, I mean, I'll be a youth pastor until God tells me otherwise. Uh, you know, being a senior pastor, I don't know that that's something that uh, I necessarily have a huge passion for. Um, there like are, ever? There, there are some executive pastor roles. Every church does executive pastor different, but I could sure. see myself in some executive pastor roles later I on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a big passion for discipleship, big passion for finances, uh, you know, staff development, things like that. And so uh, some of those sound executive pastory, I suppose. But but like you've never had that that push or that desire to... Be the guy. Oh, there are some days in youth ministry where I have a push okay. and a desire to be literally anything but a youth pastor. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I go deliver pizzas oh, or, man. or make Jimmy John's sandwiches. Do you realize how little stress is involved in some other jobs I could be doing instead of, I'm going to go be an accountant somewhere. That sounds really low stress and boring. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about low stress, but definitely boring. Definitely boring. Uh, for you, I, I don't know. I, that might be really fun. I like the finances and the spreadsheets. Uh, okay. we've talked about that on you, previous you episodes. So we don't need, need to get rid of that plaque because every time you mention anything about spreadsheets or accounting, I look up at that. And every time I get blinded because the light shines right off of it into my eyes. You could sit in a different chair. There's a chair right next to you. That probably it would has make a, a difference. Uh, well then stop looking at it. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, to sum all that up, I don't really have, 
uh, a set plan, you know, moving forward, like, Hey, I'm going to be a youth pastor for four more years. And then, uh, and then, uh, I'm, you know, moving on to being an executive pastor. Like I'm, I'm in for whatever God calls me to. And I think that, you know, that's our prayer for all of our listeners and yep. for, for you and I in particular, but, um, you know, we picked, I, ironically, we did not pick the topic today. And, no, we didn't. Yeah, you know, no, on purpose necessarily. Yeah, but uh, we did pick this question on purpose because we have some very exciting news that that we're really happy to announce. I am adopting a cow. What? Yeah, I don't excited. think any of our listeners expected to hear that. No, I don't think they did. And it's so, it's a one year old cow. It is. And uh, it, it, we remind we, me the name again. Jim. Jim. The yep. cow. Jim the cow and. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we got really sick of one, uh, we have two small kids. Yep. And so that's a that, lot of milk you have to buy. It is. It's a lot of milk. And, uh, you know, we don't eat a ton of beef in any given year, but we figured once our kids stop drinking milk in the next few years, like winters get long and cold, yeah. you know, and just beef is going up in terms of prices and stuff. And so we just decided that, you know, this would be the time. So I have to ask, yeah. uh, you know, there's an episode of The Office where Dwight Schrute mentions that he has invented, I don't remember what he calls it, but he invented something that is able to take a quarter of the meat out of an animal without killing it. <laughs> so is that something that you plan to do with this cow where it can be kind of a continual source of protein for you guys? Uh, probably not. Okay. It's messy, you know. Yeah, it, it that's really fair. It does. Uh, but no, um, I'm going <laughs> to stop. That's a hundred percent. Not the news we wanted to break I'm, to you I'm going to stop being dumb because, well, I can't <laughs> stop. It's just part of who I am. That's but, true. Uh, no, I am actually really excited, uh, about my announcement. And if you go to our church, this is uh, fresh off the press for you. But if you don't go to our church, then this is brand new information for you. Uh, but, uh, we might have to modify the, title or a podcast a little bit. We won't actually do that because, you know, there's too many legal ramifications. Yeah. And we don't want to confuse the team. Obviously. That that we have underneath us. A great team. But uh all, my, of, all of our employees. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it just sounds like an HR nightmare. It does. It really does. My lead pastor is going to be stepping down here in the near future. And uh, I am actually going to be stepping into his place, which is really, what, what? really exciting. And we are, we are really excited. And I know a lot of people in this podcast, I know a lot of our youth students have been and will be asking, what does that mean for you as it pertains to youth ministry? And for the moment, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of processing, a lot of praying. There's been, this might be a whole other story for a whole other episode of how this all came to be. But for the, for now, I'll just say that one of my stipulations to my lead pastor, even with God, was I just really felt like, you know, not that I was bargaining with God. But That's what I, it sounds I was, like. I was sitting there going, okay, God, I feel like you're leading me to do this, but I also know you've given me such a heart for youth. And so how does this, how does this land? And we landed on this idea that I am going to be the lead and youth pastor. And so I'm going to be leading youth on a Wednesdays and I'm going to be leading the church the rest of the time. And I have a great team and a great staff around me. They're going to help me handle everything else that goes in between. But yeah, as of Easter of this year, I will be a lead pastor at our church, which is pretty awesome. Pretty exciting. And a little terrifying. A lot terrifying. <laughs> no, but we're, we're super excited for Derek. And uh, so that does mean this is the last episode of the podcast. Uh, no, I'm just no. kidding. Uh, no, we, uh, 
we're, we're really excited to be continuing uh, to bring you the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Uh, and Derek will be producing the spinoff, How Not to Be a Senior Pastor. Uh, we, we mentioned a with couple of... With all my extra free time that I'm going to have. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Being both youth pastor and senior pastor, I have to imagine that... You know, and you could yeah. probably just preach the same message on Wednesday and then the following Sunday. Well, and in the in the website that I use to get all my sermons, is off that Wikipedia dot com? No, that it's, it, this is Wikipedia is more reliable than the than the source I have. Oh, okay. W- within the source I have, they have um, like copyrighted messages that are get stolen from other big name pastors, and they organize them into main service and youth service. Nice. So, this is just like crowdsourcing your pretty much yeah. uh, your sermons. I like we, this. we seriously got to dial back the sarcasm because people are going to start actually <laughs> believing some of the junk that we are that we are spewing right now. That's probably true. Yes. So uh, let, let, let's agree to start speaking actual truth and actual things that are actually factually correct in cool about six minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, no. So, like I said, we're really excited for Derek, and uh, we're going to be. Uh, continuing to you know move this podcast forward and and continuing to bring you guys uh, fresh content and sarcasm each Thursday, uh, but it does you know make our uh, it does make our podcast today a little bit funny, uh, but also you know it still works. You yeah, know we're we're talking right? about the importance of longevity in ministry, and you know Derek's been at his church for four and a half years. Uh, and he's still going to be there. Uh, you know, he's just transitioning roles and, you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about feed really, really well into, you know, what he has been doing and is continuing to do, uh, at the bridge. But when I, I want to start with, uh, some numbers cause where else would I want to start? Right. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, five or 10 years ago, you know, when the question is asked, like, what's the average tenure for a youth pastor? Uh, the, the numbers are actually headed in the right direction. Five or 10 years ago, I remember the number being thrown out that, you know, it, it was about 18 months, uh, Oof. was the average, uh, a year and a half was the average tenure, uh, for, for a youth pastor at a specific church. And, uh, I am a really, really good podcaster. So I did not write down my source. Yeah. Um, I'll try to find it before the end of the episode because live research is something that, that we do here, but, uh, they actually broke it down, which I really appreciate because you're going to see a difference between bivocational youth pastors and full-time youth pastors, uh, in this number. And it's a pretty big one, but bivo the, the average tenure of a bivocational youth pastor is one year and 11 months. Was it, was it, was this the five to 10 year ago model or is this? No, this today? is now, okay. this is now it is. So that's, I mean, even for bivocational a year. youth pastors, you're out, pacing the 18 month yeah. average from, uh, from five or 10 years ago, yep. uh, for full time youth pastors, the average has actually grown to four years and one month or above average. Uh, we we are, <laughs> doesn't happen very often, but we are above average in one area. All of the failures in my life, all of the online, uh, bullies when I was playing video games, telling me that I was terrible at video games and dog water. First of all, they were right. Uh, but, uh, finally in something, uh, I have, I have exceeded the yeah. average expectations for something that I set out to do, which is, uh, honestly, it feels good. I've always uh, believed in you. First of all, I'd like to thank my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Uh, I want to thank my parents uh, for giving me the start and the foundation that they did. Uh, My beautiful wife for being alongside me uh, for the last three and a half years and uh, putting up with me and, uh, you know, supporting me. And uh, it's, it's been a wild ride. You're not going to thank me. Uh, Not really. I didn't see a need. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I would actually, I was going to thank you a little bit later in the episode, but if you want me to thank you now, no, that's okay. I can do that. You can thank me later. Uh, But I think that uh, there's something, you know, we're on the right track here and, you know, whether or not, you know, we don't have the breakdown between full-time and bivocational youth pastors from five to 10 years ago. I have to imagine the full-time number is higher uh, than 18 months, but yeah. you know, th- th- it's still encouraging, but we want to talk today about why that longevity is important. It, it really is crazy. Like when I, when I look at these numbers and I look at the averages, they are just that they're averages. So when you think about 18 months as the average, and I think of how many people have been in youth ministry or ministry in general for what, 20, 30, 40 years, when you realize what has to happen to bring that number down to 18 months, it really puts into perspective like 18 months is a short time, but there are a lot shorter ones, the three months, the six months. And uh, that can be very harmful for a youth ministry. It can be very harmful to people. It can, it can cause a lot of hurt. And so on the flip side of that, when you do emphasize longevity in ministry, there's a lot of bonuses, uh, especially when it comes to relationships with students. Uh, students live in a perpetual cycle of having people come and go in their life. You think about back to the age of, you know, we are, we are working with primarily, it depends on the ministry, but students aged 12 to 18 is kind of that, that, that sweet spot that we have. When you think back to your life at 12 to 18 and you realize how many friends came and went out of your life, Every single year, you have a new teacher that you bond with, and then you eventually say sayonara and have a new teacher the next year. It's this revolving door of relationships happening, forming, and then going back out. And so um, when you as a youth pastor can be consistent, you can be there. You can be with them as a sixth grader all the way through their senior year in high school. When you think about all the moments, all of the memories, all of the encounters they have with Jesus in that time, it creates this stability that sets them up for the future. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure about Kyle, but for me, to this day, I've been out of youth ministry as a student for nine years, going on ten. So it's been almost ten years removed from any formal youth ministry as a student. I still treat my two youth pastors as just that. They are my pastors. I could call them about good things, bad things, everything in between. Because they invested in me, they stayed the course, they were with me through the whole journey, yep. and it really set me up to be successful, not just in ministry, but in life in general. Yeah, I think that if you're if you're able to build those long-term relationships, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be key. And it builds trust uh, between students and youth pastors, between parents yeah. and youth pastors. Right. You know, you're gonna have parents that have multiple kids going through your youth ministry. And so while a student may, will be in your youth ministry for six or seven years, depending on your school district and how your, uh, how your youth ministry is structured, you know, you could have parents that are a part of a youth ministry for 10, 12 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my senior pastor has a, I believe his oldest is 22 and his youngest is two. So that's a 20 year window of having a kid in youth ministry, or actually, I think it would be a little bit longer than that. It's it, whatever it is. It's ridiculous. Uh, 
you know, there's the, the parents building trust in the youth pastor is, you know, sometimes just as important Huge. as the students building trust in the youth pastor. And so that's, that's a really, really, that, that building relationships, that longevity is really important. One of the other things that, you know, is, is really, really important that comes out of, you know, being in youth ministry for, for a long time and that longevity piece is that you're going to see a sustained vision, uh, over a long period of time. Uh, you know, typically in my experience, you know, it takes about three to five years, uh, to transition from the old youth culture or the old culture that you stepped into to your youth culture. And even if, there, so like I, I look at my my situation. When I got to the bridge, there really wasn't a youth culture. Yeah, it, it was a blank slate. But it still took. I mean, I live in a smaller town where everybody knows everybody, and so here I am coming in with no connections. And it took a good part of three years to establish a culture mm-hmm. from a blank slate. And so, like, if you're if you're dropping in. And in the first year going, I'm not seeing any connections. I'm not seeing any like long-term fruit. I'm not seeing anything. It's because you're super premature. It takes a long time for that culture to be established for you to start even seeing any morsels of fruit because it just takes a while. Yeah. And I don't know that this is something that I've really talked about on, on our podcast before, but you know, when I, when I started here at Riverdale as a 21 year old fresh out of college, uh, you know, I was stepping into a a little bit of a tumultuous situation. That was a yeah. really big word for me. Well done. I'm really proud of myself. Well done. Tumultuous. Uh, it, it was a little bit rocky. There were there were a lot of uh, uh, hurt feelings uh, over what had transpired before I took over. Uh, and I I had been. I have talked about this part. I was a youth leader. Yeah. Uh, you know, just volunteering in the youth ministry before I came on as the youth pastor. And there were, there were some people that have admitted to me since that they were very, very skeptical and, you know, even a little bit against me getting hired as the youth pastor, not because they had any knowledge of me at all, uh, but because I had served under the previous youth pastor, wow. they, they associated me with, with that and with what happened, yep. uh, you know, shortly before I took over. And so, when when you're step as a youth pastor, if you're stepping into a situation like that, you know it's gonna it takes three, four, five years maybe for you to stick around, establish your culture, and build trust with the people around you, with the parents, and with the other adults at the church, yep. to the point where okay, I I see who this youth pastor is, I see who he or she is as their own person. Yep. Uh, you know. Th- we, we can start to process past some hurt or pain that happened in the past and and start to move toward the future. But if you're cycling through a youth pastor, you know, if you step into a rocky situation like that, you get frustrated by, you know, not getting to build that trust faster and you wind up leaving after a year or two, then all of that becomes justified in the minds of, of the other people that are in that congregation. Yeah, and a word to a, a, a youth pastor, if you are stepping into a church, that this has been their cycle for the last five, 10 years. Be prepared that this cycle of trust is going to take longer for you because 100%. especially that congregation, those people who have lived that for the last few years, they're used to a youth pastor coming in with their vision, with their personality, with everything. 
maybe sticking around for a year or two than jetting. So before they're going to give you two years before they even begin that process of mm-hmm. going, maybe this is different. Maybe I can trust them. And that can be a, that can be a tough hill to climb. But I think what we're trying to say is it's worth it. When you get to that other side and you can take that vision that God's given you and run with it, when you can use that trust that you've built to lean in, press in, and really go to the next level with those people, the results are next level. And God can really Mm -hmm. start to move in and through those things, you know? And just like anything, you know, these are all sequential, right? Like, the more people start to buy into you and trust you, the more they'll buy into your vision and what you're trying to do as a, as a ministry. And so in the meantime, I think another benefit of being in ministry for a while is, right, you get better at what you do a lot. Yep. Like if you, whether it's picking up a sport, whether it's doing a hobby, you just started learning. The more you do anything, the better you get at it. And so if you stay in ministry for a while and you are, are you're learning, you're doing things, you're, you're having all this going on, you're naturally become a better communicator, a vision, a better vision caster, a better just friend and, and source of stability. Like when you are committed to bettering yourself as a youth pastor and you are committed to staying in it for the long haul, you will naturally just get better at it. Yeah. If you I I found another excuse to bring numbers into this. Uh, <laughs> if you are a full time youth pastor. And, you know, Derek, you and I know ministry well. I'm, we're not going to pretend that youth pastors are limited to 40 hours a week. Uh, so let's say on average, you know, you're working 50 hours a week. Yep. And we'll give you conservatively two weeks of vacation okay. every year. You know, the, the old saying is that you don't become an expert on something until you have invested 10,000 hours okay. into whatever that is. Sure. So for a full-time youth pastor, you're looking at somewhere between four and five years on the job before you hit that supposed 10,000 hour mark. Now it's pretty subjective and arbitrary, just picking 10,000 hours out of the air. Right. Uh, You'll, you'll hear famous athletes and and different people talk about that number. You know, if it, if it comes to basketball or playing piano or things like that, they'll, they'll throw that number out there. But I, I mean, I look back at myself as a youth pastor and I actually, again, I don't want to put too much weight on this. I think it's more coincidence, but I do, I did see a, a jump in my capacity as a, as a youth pastor, uh, after hitting that four year mark. And I think that part of it is just comes with the longevity. It comes with, Hey, I am, this is my culture now. I, I have to fight less of the old stuff and I get to run with more of the yep. new stuff. Uh, and, and you do, you get better as a youth pastor. You spend more time preparing sermons and, and speaking and preaching. Yeah. You get better at being a youth pastor the longer you do it. it yep. It's the same like it is with anything else. Yeah. And when you pair all three of these things together, I think this is what we're trying to get at. Because a lot of times, at least... I think what you and I are are kind of alluding to is a lot of times it can be enticing for a person in our chair, a youth pastor, Mm -hmm. to go to a place for two years, three years, four years, even five years. And all of a sudden, if you're good at what you do and people know you, there will be a phone call, email, a knock on your door saying, hey, 
would you consider coming to work with me? Yeah, we have this opening at our church. You know, maybe it's the maybe it's a church, more oh, money for sure. You, Big, know? you know, maybe maybe you're bivocational and somebody's got a full time role. Yeah, and I don't think that you and I are trying to paint any of those opportunities as wrong. No, but you know, it's it's all going to come down to prayer and what God has for you. Yeah, but the the youth pastors or, or just pastors in general, you know, I'm I'm the senior pastor of a small rural church and a larger suburban church calls and wants me to come interview. Yep. You know, it's the allure of the grass is greener on the other side. Bigger numbers. And bigger numbers. Bigger yes, we all love those big numbers. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what sticks mm. out to us. Yep. Um, but the deep connections, there's so much more fruit that comes yes. with that. And so it's not, I think what we're trying to say is that it's not as easy as I, it, it's not this corporate ladder no. that, that we're all trying to climb. I don't right. think anybody should be looking at church hierarchy as a corporate ladder anyway. No. Uh, but it's but, not about, I'm, I'm trying to climb to the next position. Right. But it, it easily can be that way. And, yeah. you know, it, it easily can be, you know, that's just the, that's the fleshly human nature side of us where it's like, it does feel like if I go to a bigger church, that perceived idea of I'm going to have more influence, I'm going to be more effective numerically, probably, you know, but at the same time, I think what we're trying to get at is there might be breakthrough in one of your students that's going to be massive, but it might not come until you're six. Yeah. You might be pouring into this student as a sixth grader and you may not see a lick of anything fruitful or developed until they are a senior or even after they leave our ministry. Yeah. You know, but at the same, like, well, I think what we're trying to say is it's worth it. Like that, that is worth it. You know, there, there's nothing, there's no other massive, nice facility with nice lights and nice audio that can fill the void that being there and being obedient and being faithful yeah, to what if, God's called you to be. If you good. left at the wrong time, it doesn't matter, you know, right. what your new opportunity yep. gives you. And the other one that can be an alluring uh, call for somebody to leave is a lack of conflict. If, sure. if you're experiencing conflict in the ministry that you're in now, whether that is conflict within your ministry or, uh, you know, inter-ministry conflict within mm -hmm. the church, uh, you're going to look at if another opportunity pops up that, oh man, like I could kind of wash my hands of this mess. Right. And, uh, you know, not, not that you want the ship to crash and burn behind you, but, you know, when, when things aren't going well, when there's conflict, when there's uh, disagreement and there's problems, it makes the grass look even more green yeah. on the other side. And I think it's, it's, I think it's even bigger than conflict. You know, if, if there's something about your church and your position that you just don't like, mm -hmm. but something else comes along, it, it can seem like, oh, then I can get rid of this issue. Yeah. You know, yep. like I, I feel small and insignificant. So, you know, I, I want to go find a bigger church. Yeah, if you're if you're sitting at a church where uh you know you disagree with some of the recent decisions that have been made. Yeah. If uh you know your relationship with your senior pastor is on thin ice. If, you know whatever it is. If if you've got parents within your youth ministry that 
you know, you're butting heads with or yep. that you don't see them supporting you. It's all going to make everything a little bit more attractive. Uh, well, and, so, and it's going to be waiting for you at your next ministry. Yes. You know, not dealing with the real 100%. part of your response for that. You're going to encounter this. And I think that's why people jump around because mm-hmm. there is this idea, this, this carrot in front of their eyes, if you will, that if I go somewhere else, this problem disappears. And there's few things that are more exciting than like your first six months. Right. You know, as a youth pastor where everything is new and people are yep. really nice to you and they want to get to know you. Yep. And then when everything settles in and they're like, okay, now show us what you got. Yep. You know, that's that's where the lights turn on and the rubber hits the road and yep. any other fun little sayings I well can done. fit into that. And well done. it that's when things get a little bit difficult. And so yeah. what what Derek and I want to kind of talk about here is some of the reasons that uh, you know we see burnout uh, in youth pastors. And this is, you know, th- we were kind of talking there a little bit about, you know, hopping from one ministry position to another. A lot of times, you know, we see these things lead to somebody leaving ministry altogether. Yep. Uh, and so we've got five here. There are more. Um, but we want to kind of run through these and the fifth one as, as a little bit of a teaser here, the, the last one that we're going to talk about is something that I have become more and more passionate about over the last couple months, uh, because it's something that I see happening more and more and I really don't like it. I like it. So we're going to get a is, little bit. Is that bit. where you're going to thank me? You said you were going to thank yes, me Yes. Yep. That's where I'm going to thank you is uh, the the part where I talk about something I don't, <laughs> I don't like. like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, we'll get a little bit controversial and and uh, and ruffle some feathers there at the end. But uh, we'll start off nice and nice and pretty. Actually, it's not really nice and pretty, but uh, you know, we're talking about burnout. We don't we don't want burnout at all. No. But uh, I think one of the big reasons that that you see youth pastors burn out, and this applies to a lot of pastors as well, um, is you know, when you, when you lack a Sabbath as a youth pastor, uh, not resting regularly compounds over time. And, you know, if I, if I miss, you know, taking a Sabbath in week number one, then I need to figure out a way to, you know, find a time to do that in week number two. And if I continue to miss that, continue to miss that, it's going to build up inside of me over time to the point where I am so exhausted that I'm not coming back from it. I apologize if I go on like a four minute rant here because this has been something that I have been passionate about. A Sabbath has been an absolute game changer for me. Yeah. Personally, emotionally and ministerially in the last, because I went to a youth pastor retreat here in November and that was a big topic of discussion is, are we Sabbathing? Are we slowing down enough to just rest in the Lord and spend time with him? And it was kind of like a slap in the face of, no, I haven't been, you know, like I have days off, but I'm not resting. I'm not just throwing my phone on my nightstand. I'm not just spending time with my family, doing a hobby that I love and just spending extra time with the Lord. I'm just filling my schedule. My, my Sabbath, my Saturday is a day off. So I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm going to do house projects. I'm going to do all this stuff, but not rest and be in all of that. And so, you know, we need to just turn our brains off and do something like we get to worship God through the things that he's put on our heart to do, right? Like worshiping can look like listening to worship music in your car, going to church on Sunday and worshiping, but worshiping for me might be, I go sit in a duck 
duck blind and just sit with my dog for four hours and just be in rest. And that's worship, you know? And so we need to rest. We need to throw our phone off, put it on a charger, put it on your nightstand. Don't touch it. Spend some extra time reading the word, dig into the word, spend some extra time just resting, eating food, whatever you got to do, like just rest and be because you come out of that and you just feel recharged. It's just, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. I didn't believe people who did it before. It's kind of like, it just sounds like a legalistic thing. But when you actually get to the heart of a Sabbath, which is to reconnect with God and pause everything else, it literally changes the game. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, some people will view a Sabbath as a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, why would I do that when I could be productive? Uh, and I want to say it was Abe Lincoln. Good friend of the show. I'm a good friend of the show, Abe Lincoln. Um, can you, Derek, just talk about something super passionate while I Google this real quickly? You know, it is funny that we talk, have Abe Lincoln coming on for the second episode in this series. We are 26 episodes in. He's been on before? Yeah. Don't you remember that whole episode of our hypothetical student, Abe? Oh, I forgot about that. And, and I may have oh, added good old Abe. a reference to John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. Oops. I forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to talk about. Maybe I'll talk about the fact that Kyle's wearing a Saints hat. I don't see the problem. Okay, so first of all, I did find it, and I was right. It was Abe Lincoln, so I should have... Uh, should have been more confident. I should have been more confident and just gone with it. Uh, uh, you don't need more confidence. You're very self-confident. That's fair. Um, you know, the the Abraham Lincoln quote is... is uh, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six sharpening my axe. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's, that's kind of the mentality behind a Sabbath where, you know, yes, could I take, you know, if your Sabbaths are Saturdays, you know, could I take that Saturday and, you know, spend the whole thing mowing my lawn, picking up my house, you know, cleaning this, that, the other thing. Yeah, you could do that. But... Uh, if, if taking a Sabbath is going to make you that much more effective the other six days of the week, then, you know, that's, that's a good thing. And, you know, does a Sabbath have to be an entire 24 hour period? No, you know, all of us are going to be different. Does that mean that you literally cannot do any house chores on Saturdays? No, you know, again, it's going to look different for everybody, but, finding that time to recharge and break. And like, I love what Derek said, put the phone down, you know, disconnect, uh, whatever it is that you do to, to kind of reset. Uh, that's, that's really, really Can We just mentioned good. also that a Sabbath is not a recommendation. Fair. Like, like, like the Bible is, is clear. It is, it is one of the 10 commandments, like, like to honor the Sabbath. And so to Kyle's point, I'm not saying whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever your Sabbath is. Those are six of the seven options. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't if know. we're primarily talking to youth pastors on this, then Sunday is probably not one no. of the options. Nor Sa Saturday is probably your Sabbath yeah. or Friday, realistically. But if, if, if that is you, like, I'm not saying, like, like, straight up, last Saturday for my Sabbath, woke up in the morning, spent some time with the Lord, worshiped, prayed, watched football for a good part of the day. Nailed it. 
Like, but I came into Sunday ready for a new week and feeling good. And so it's not a recommendation. God's word says to do it, do it. Yeah, I love it. All right, number two, uh, you know, reason why youth pastors burn out. Uh, I'm going to call this one a lack of processing. And uh, there's probably a better uh, word for it, but I don't care. Um, you know, and really there, you know, it could be for some people, you know, really it's just talking with somebody outside of your ministry context and decompressing with them. You know, sometimes it's running things by them. You know, a therapist or a counselor are two really, really good uh, options for this, where it's just somebody that you can, you know, bounce things off of and and say, hey, this is what's going on uh, in our church right now. You know, there are a lot of great people in your church that that you can connect with on things. Uh, you know, if you are a youth pastor, I really, really hope that your senior pastor is somebody you can go to on a regular basis and talk through problems in your youth ministry. You can talk about, hey, I'm having a problem with this parent. Uh, if that parent is your senior pastor, then maybe you know, approach that conversation a little bit differently, but, um, <laughs> yeah, well, hold on a second. Uh, you know, those, those are very important to have. Uh, but if there are going to be things, if you work at a church long enough, you know, you and your senior pastor are going to disagree on something or you and whoever are going to disagree on something. And so having somebody outside of your church that you can bounce things off of and just process with is really key. And this Derek is where I would love to oh, you know, kind of wow. thank you and give you a shout out. Cause I think that Derek and I, uh, you know, over the last five years have kind of been able to be this for each other a little mm -hmm. bit. And this yeah. has, you know, brought a lot of strength to our friendship where yep. we can say, uh, you know, hey, this is what's going on at my church right now. Uh, you know, this is the problem that I'm having. And, you know, Derek is not coming at it with, oh, I have to, you know, be loyal to one side or the other. Like he is just somebody with ministry experience that I can present this to and I know that I can process it through with him. Uh, I feel like I need to like throw a joke or a sarcastic comment in here because this is, mushy. it's getting yeah. way too mushy, I but know. you know, I do that. That is really, really important. And yeah. youth pastors, if you don't have that, uh, find that somewhere, talk to another youth pastor in your area. They don't even have to be in your area. Uh, you know, finding somebody yeah. that, that you can connect with on that. And it, it you mentioned two things that I think are vitally important, specifically for youth pastors when it comes to, the, I think, this person you're talking to, outside is one, which I think you referenced for all kinds of reasons. Don't need to go into that. But them being involved and understanding the ins and the outs of ministry helps so much. True. Because there, there are so many subtleties, so many burdens, so much weight that we carry as ministers that if you're not one, you just don't get it. And that's not like a slam against anybody, but just it's one of those things when you are in the thick of it, going to battle, you're doing it, you understand. And so when you're talking to somebody else, I think, again, I think that's why our friendship has grown so much is because of that is because we understand we're there for each other. And then we go grab food and play games with our wives and it's awesome. And it's, it's super, super helpful. And so like you need to have that again. I think, I think it's important to be like, if you don't do these things, it's not like a, oh, I'm putting myself in a bad spot. It's like burnout will come like negative things will come. Like we need to, we need to get better as youth pastors at protecting our heart, protecting our relationship with the Lord, because if we're not careful, all of a sudden we find ourselves burnt out. 
And it, like when I think of burnout, it's kind of like, you know, Kyle, you're a coach. I've, I'm a coach of a different sport, but there, in any athletic sport, there is one thing that remains the same is a coach, especially a good one will overemphasize hydration because yeah. every single sport requires good hydration. And every single person on this planet likely knows if you wait till drink until you're thirsty, it's too late. Like you are, you're dehydrated. You're in a bad spot. Burnout's the same way. If you wait until you start to feel burnt out, you're already way too burnt out. And so get a Sabbath, get someone to talk to, whether it's a therapist, counselor, or a youth pastor, whatever it is. But then the other thing, we need to stop wrapping our identity into our ministry performance. We need to stop going, I am either successful or accomplished because of how my ministry is doing. And I know that seems elementary, but if we were being very honest, if we think about our mood in the last one month, how many times has it been contingent upon either our ministry is going really well or not going well? And like, what does that look like? Yeah, we had, I mean, literally four weeks ago, we had a Wednesday night and it was our lowest attended Wednesday night of the entire year. Sure. And, you know, the next day I'm sitting in my office a little bit discouraged. Yeah. Never mind that it was crazy cold. We had crazy weather, snow, Kids huge are getting wind. Sick like crazy right now. You know, sickness running rampant. This whole COVID thing is still a th- like. Never mind all of that. Like I know the circumstances that led to you know it being a down night as far as attendance goes, and yet I'm still sitting there you know, a little bit disappointed. And it was kind of a check like, okay, Kyle, you need to get it together because that's not what this is about. Uh, You know, one Wednesday night of, of numbers with all of this other stuff going on, you know, yeah, Satan would love for me to just get fixated on that and get really discouraged by that. But if, if that's the only, you know, that's such an easy trap for churches in general to fall into because attendance numbers and giving numbers are sometimes, for a lot of churches, those are the only numbers you have. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to look at those because right. those are the only numbers you have. And then yep. if if they stabilize or go down, then you're having a really bad day and you see yourself as a failure as a pastor. That's not That's not healthy. You know, coming up with ways to measure, um, you know, other things. You know, I have a metric, and I'll maybe I'll have to dive into this uh, on a future episode. I actually, it's still new for me, and I'm still working out the kinks. But I, I have a metric to measure the health of our youth ministry based on attendance. But all of the attendance numbers are percentages, and so wherever our Wednesday night is at. All of our under other health metrics are based on, you know, we are we are healthy in this metric if this percentage of our average Wednesday night attendance is is doing this, uh, you know, and there's growth things involved like our high school Bible study. Uh, if we have a certain percentage of students yeah. that are a part of that, then that we see that as good. It doesn't yeah. matter what the numbers actually are. Right. If we are seeing students grow, if we are hearing students' stories of, you know, man, God did this in my life. Yeah. That's a win in ministry. Yep. You know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, and even with those metrics that I mentioned, yep. it doesn't always have to be numbers focused. You're going to step into different seasons and have success look different in each one of those seasons. And if you can't recognize that, you're going to be disappointed by the wrong metrics. Yeah. And 
I think even take take that a step farther. We need to be aware of those things and measure those things. But at the end of the day, own the stuff that we can own. If we can, if we can improve, which we always can, we need to do that. But I know I've been in that situation Kyle's talking about where things are down. And all of a sudden, it's not just discouragement. It goes, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe yeah. I specifically failed. Maybe I'm not, like, I'm letting myself down. I'm letting my kids down. I'm letting God down. You, you, you get into this nasty cycle and the enemy just, like, has fun with it. But, like, those are all good things. And we, and we need to measure them. We need to do them. But at the end of the day, who we are as men and women is not contingent upon how well or how bad our ministry is doing. Yep. First and foremost, we are his. And that is like what our identity is. And so like youth pastors take a step back and go, what am I letting dictate how I feel about myself? Cause like a lot of the time it is ministry and just the freedom from not having to do that. Like literally takes the weight of the world off your shoulders. I feel like. Absolutely. Uh, fourth thing that uh, this isn't really burnout a lot of times. This is kind of a one-off, but uh, you know, moral failure uh, is is something where you know I I think the John Maxwell quote. I don't know if it's originally his, but he talks about it a lot. That you know, if your charisma takes you to where your character cannot sustain you, yep. uh, you know, that's that that is what often leads to you know either some of these moral failures or. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things that it could look like. We're not going to dive into all of those, but you know, this, this is one of those things where if, if as a youth pastor, you are not rooted in the word of God, if as a youth pastor, you are not, uh, you know, tethered continually to that where, where you're in the word of God outside of, uh, you know, your daily or, or weekly sermon prep. You know, that's that, that those have to be two separate things yep. as a youth pastor and as any kind of pastor, that is very difficult. Yep. Uh, you know, as somebody who's been doing this for five and a half years and is still not perfect at that, I can confidently tell you that, you know, there are, there have been seasons in my life where, uh, you know, they, they're, some are drier than others. Yep. And in my experience, typically it's the personal walk with God that dries up before yep. the ministry side of things because yep. the ministry side is my job. I'm at my desk in my office. I'm doing my sermon prep, but it it starts to dry me up inside when I am not spending time with the Lord, when yep. I am not spending time in the Word. Uh, and, and that is typically where, you know, some of these moral failures come from. Any, we don't need to dwell on this one no. too long, but do you have anything you want to add on that? I think it also goes back up to that lack of processing. You know, a lot of moral mm, failures yeah. happen when you are isolated, when you're mm. not checking in with your friends, when you're not having accountability. I know, again, you're there for me and, and, and you're we're there to walk through the tough times, but I also walk away from our conversations, challenge myself to go deeper in mm-hmm. my walk with God and to, to do that type of thing. And so, you know, it the enemy just just rules when yeah. we, we get us alone. And so, Isolation and a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. I think those mm-hmm. are Good. two really, really key factors when it comes to yeah. comes to those moral failures. Yep. All right. One, two, three, four. We got one left, and this is our controversial one. Uh, and, and on the surface, we're going to say it, and you're going to be like, that's not controversial at all. I agree with it. 
but then we're going to get into the why behind it and some of the methods of it. And then yep. you're going to be like, Oh shoot. Yep. <laughs> um, so why do youth pastors burn out? Uh, number five, because they're not supposed to be there in the first place. Uh, you know, there are youth pastors, I believe quite a few who are in ministry positions. And this goes for all you know ministry positions, not just youth pastors. I, th- I would argue that worship leading is probably, yeah, Another, mm-hmm. you know, their they're, youth ministry and worship leading are probably 1A and 1B in this category, uh, where where people are in those positions and they shouldn't be, they're not supposed to be. And it, really the big reason that I, I have seen this a lot over the last, oh, I don't know, you know, six years as a youth pastor and, you know, seven, eight years as a youth leader, ministry is glorified in some circles. Yep. Uh, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I heard a camp speaker, uh, you know, do an altar call where like, Hey, I want out specifically, like if you feel called to ministry in this yep. moment, like we're going to do an altar call, we're going to have people pray over you, blah, blah, blah. And you're at a camp of 700 kids and 400, 400 yeah. of them feel called into ministry. Yep. Ministry is, in the wrong hands, ministry is a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. And if you are not called to be in ministry, you will not be in very in ministry for very long. Uh, you know, it gets pedestalized in a lot of people's minds where, you know, if you, if you're a youth student in a healthy youth ministry, then being a youth pastor looks like all fun and games. It looks like the best job ever. And I have to give I have to give a shout out. Um, you know, this past summer, uh, because of all of the stuff that I had going on that summer, I we had a youth camp that we did. Uh, you know, Derek's kids were at the exact same week of camp. Yep. Uh, I was not. I didn't stay the whole week because of a lot of the other things. Yep. I had done two mission teams previously that summer. It was a lot for one summer. Uh, but. Uh, I have to give a shout out to a guy that I've met once and I've never actually heard him speak. Uh, his name is Sam. I think his last Grosso. name is pronounced Grosso. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the senior pastor at uh, the Artisan Church in Blaine, Minnesota. All right. This guy was the speaker uh, for this week of camp. And like I said, I have heard camp speaker after camp speaker pedestalize and idolize youth ministry and ministry in general, a call to ministry so that kids are flocking to the altar at camp. And I love to see kids going into ministry, but I am willing to bet that 90% of the kids that went forward in that altar call will not be in ministry 15 or 20 years from now because they're not called to it. And Sam, when he preached, he did something similar, but he talked about ministry sucks. Ministry's hard. Ministry is not for everybody. Mm. And, you know, I have a student who, you know, was, I was his youth pastor for, I think, four years. He went on to college. He is graduating with a pastoral degree. I believe wholeheartedly that that kid is called to preach the gospel. He's got an awesome vision to plant a church and to be a bartender. And I think it's awesome. And and God is going to do some awesome things through him. But not every Hold student. On. I need. I need to hear that story at some point. <laughs> Preach the gospel, and then heard bartender. I'm just oh yeah, dude. Uh, he maybe That's we'll sweet. have to have him on as a guest yeah, of the that, podcast like because 
Uh, you know, I, I love, I, I love sure what I he's going to do. That right. No, you did. Okay. You did. Bartender. Uh, I, he actually, so he went to college out in the Seattle area and while he was in college, you know, he wanted to be, I don't even know if he actually did or not, but he told me at one point he wanted to be a bartender part-time through college because he wanted to meet people. That's sweet. And, and that was, that was an avenue. I mean, have you ever... (laughs) <laughs> that was about to be a really dumb question. Have you ever sat uh, at a bar? Well, <laughs> I've I've never spent extensive time drinking at a bar, but uh, no, but you you have conversations you know, with the bartender. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The bartender is the person that people go and they talk to and they have even just casual conversations with. And he was like, yeah. "Dude, that would be a great opportunity to minister to people." And I was like, "Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great ministry yeah. opportunity." Uh, but that's a kid with a clear vision from God yeah. and has been called into ministry. Uh, you know, and so what I want to say here you know, Derek got his four minutes of soapbox earlier in this episode. I get my eight now or however long I've been talking, uh, youth pastors. If you have students that feel called into youth ministry, I'm not telling you to deny that or to minimize that or to try and run them out of town. But on the flip side of that, I am begging you do not pedestalize going into ministry as something to be idolized by your students and something that is so much greater than, you know, any other job that they could be in. And that's where I think I've seen a lot of youth pastors and, and bigger speakers, evangelists, camp speakers, conventions, conferences, whatever. I see that taken way out of context in a lot of those situations because it's presented as, you know, if you are going into ministry, that is the pinnacle of what you could be doing with your life. And, you know, being a minister in the marketplace is less than, and that could not be further from the truth because here's the deal. If you have 700 kids at camp and all 700 go into ministry, they're not like, they're starting out with zero people in their church (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's nobody else you know, having some of those students go and be effective ministers of the gospel in Marcus Place jobs, in homes, as they raise families, that's where we need people just as much as people leading the church. And if you put the wrong person in the wrong place, it's going to end in probably one of the other four ways uh, that we laid out here. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> that was that was my rant for the episode. Every time I kept thinking I needed to add something, you covered it. So I really don't have a whole lot more to say. But ministry, I think, is something we're all called to. Yes, you heard me right. I did listen to Kyle. No, I I don't have a problem with it. Vocational ministry is what not everyone's called to. And I think that's the difference is we're all called to carry the gospel into our world, into our circle, into those around us. Whoever God brings to us, we are called to carry that light no matter who you are, where you came from, what you think you're capable of, we are all called to do ministry. Yep. What that looks like in terms of your job is where there's so much more debate. And so I I, I think kids, and I, and I hope we as youth pastors, more so than just not necessarily like running them out of town, but at the same time, elevating the appeal and the importance of being in the marketplace. Because I think a lot of times students will come to us with their dreams of, I, I want to play basketball. I, I want to go into the medical field. And I know that like, like they almost feel like they like it's second fiddle 
too. Like, I, yeah. I, I know you probably want me to go into, and so we need to be like, are you kidding me? That's awesome. Dude, you can do so much with that. Like you can serve God through this, that, and the other thing. You know, we, it's not just a matter of like downplaying vocational ministry. It's also uplifting them using their God-given talents, their interests, their personalities to show them that you can love and serve and honor God just by doing those things alone. And, you know, it's, yeah, I'm very curious to know what it's going to look like because uh, we're we're seeing a lot of pastors currently who are burning out at an yeah. unprecedented rate, which will happen when you come out of a post-pandemic world and the church is changing in all forms and mediums. And so it's very interesting. I'm going to be interested to see are the ones that are incoming below the same or above the number that are fleeting out of them. And what does that do in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, vacancies and, and, and if it's, you know, whatever that number is, if they're, if it's above, you know, the same or below, are they, are they supposed to be there and are they ready? Yeah. Uh, and, and if, you know, if you're stepping into ministry, if you're in ministry and you don't feel ready, if you don't feel equipped, qualified, that's fine. Just, find somebody to talk to, find somebody to mentor you, find somebody that yeah. can pour into you. Uh, you know, if, you know, we would, Derek and I would love to to answer any questions that you have. If you run across something in ministry and you're like, I don't know what to do with this, uh, you know, between the two of us, there's about a 20% chance that we've already dealt with it. Uh, yep. It's probably higher than that. Yeah, I was going to say 20%. <laughs> wow. You know, the, you know, how not to be a youth pastor, gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys and uh, you know, coming up in a couple weeks, we're going to do an, an episode of entirely listener questions. Uh, and so if you guys have questions, send them our way. They may or may not make it for that episode, but then, you know, we'd love to do another episode in the future and, you know, just answer people's questions and, uh, you know, grow and, and learn together. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about is finding out how not to be a youth pastor so that we can grow. And, and next week's episode too is going to be fun because, you know, longevity in ministry is important, but there are some speed bumps yep. uh, that yep. come with being in ministry in one place for a long period of time. And so we'll talk about that next week. But uh, until then, uh, you know, Kyle and Derek, we are we're so honored that you would spend some time. Uh, 57 minutes or so uh, with us, 58 minutes. So it just ticked over as I said that. So uh, on that note, uh, you know, thank you so much for listening. That about does it for today's episode. Uh, You can find us and please rate us and give us all sorts of five-star reviews everywhere you see fit. Uh, And uh, until next time, Derek, I think it's high time that uh, we go and celebrate uh, the new senior pastor. As a, are you going to go by lead pastor or senior pastor? Lead pastor. Lead pastor, the lead pastor of the bridge. Derek, we're excited for you. So Thanks, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Derek, let's go grab lunch. Goodbye. Goodbye.